Secret Agent X was also making a telephone call at a booth not a block away from the drugstore where Teagle was talking. X's call was to another of his lieutenants, perhaps the most trusted, Betty Dale. She was always glad to help him, eager to hear his voice. Often weeks passed, during which she did not hear from him, during which she lived in an agony of uncertainty as to whether or not he still lived, for she knew that his chosen career carried him ever into the byways of danger where a man's life is more often than not, measured by the speed of a lethal bullet. Only when she heard his voice on the wire after such a period did she breathe a sigh of relief, only to give way once more to concern over his safety for she also knew that when he called he was again engaged in some stupendous battle with crime, and required her services. She wasted no time in banalities now, for she knew what matter the agent was working on, recognized the urgency in his voice. "'I haven't been able to dig up a thing on the jailbreak,' she told him regretfully. "'My paper is going to increase its offer of a reward to ten thousand dollars, but I'm afraid it won't do any good. If there are people in the underworld who have information—' They are too much in fear of their lives to try to sell it. I know, Betty, the agent said, but there is another angle I want to look into, and I think you can help. What is that? she asked eagerly. Didn't you do some publicity work last year for a Broadway show? Yes, the name of it was Woman in Black. Mabel Bowling was the star. Exactly. You got to know Mabel Bowling pretty well, didn't you? Betty sounded puzzled. Why, yes. Mabel feels she owes me a lot. Her show would have been a failure without the publicity I developed for her. But what has she got to do with this? The agent's voice interrupted her. Mabel Bowling is very close to Duke Marcy, and there may be a connection there with this matter I'm investigating. I'd like to meet Mabel Bowling, Betty. You couldn't have called at a better time, Betty told him. I can arrange for you to meet her tonight, if you wish. How? There's a bazaar at the Grand Central Palace. It's a society affair, and is being given to raise a fund for the relief of the unemployed. Mabel Bowling is going to be there. Mabel Bowling? At a society bazaar? The agent asked. Betty laughed. It may sound funny, but Mabel's up in the world these days. She doesn't see Duke Marcy anymore, at least not in public. She hangs out a lot with young Harry Pringle, the deputy commissioner's son. He's crazy about her. And since Harry is on the bazaar committee, Mabel will be there too. I see, said X reflectively. I was just dressing to attend the bazaar myself. I am covering it for my paper. If you'll meet me there, I'll introduce you to Mabel. The agent figured time quickly. His appointment with Linky Tingle was for midnight. It was not ten-thirty. He'd have ample time to stop in at the bazaar, meet Mabel Bowling, and still keep the appointment. I'll be there, he said. Betty's voice was troubled. How will I know you? Don't worry, he chuckled. I'll make myself known to you. Betty Dale did not know at the moment that by her eager invitation she was unwittingly placing the man she admired most in the world, in the greatest danger he had ever faced in his career. The 1934 Unemployment Bazaar was the most lavish undertaking in years. Society had subscribed heavily. Men and women of wealth entered into the spirit of the affair with the greatest of enthusiasm. It was as if these favored of fortune were seeking by some means to ease their consciences of the burden of the knowledge that thousands of families went without food and clothing, while they basked in the lap of luxury. Limousines were parked down the length of Lexington Avenue and in all the side streets. 
Fully five thousand people were circulating upstairs in the huge bazaar room, which had been equipped with booths all around the four walls. Manufacturers of everything under the sun had rented booths here, content to display their names, to give out samples of their merchandise, and to have it known that they supported the cause. Other booths had wheels of chance at a dollar to five dollars a throw, and at these booths the elite of New York's wealthy class amused themselves, winning baby dolls and trinkets of no intrinsic value. One man, immaculate in his evening clothes, accompanied by two ladies in dresses that must have cost enough to feed a hundred families, spent fifty dollars at one of the wheels before he got a winning number and won a stuffed cupie. He presented it to one of the ladies with him. She carried it around with her proudly. The man was Roderick Pringle, wealthy banker, who was serving as deputy police commissioner. He was the father of Harry Pringle, the young man whom Betty Dale had mentioned. The lady to whom...